When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want your business to have the best opportunity for success? Take a tip from tech industry leader Intel when you move or expand in Ohio. The new Silicon Heartland is the place forward-thinking business leaders find ample talent, a highly ranked business climate, convenient central location, plus an especially low-risk environment for site selection. Where else can you have all the room you need to grow while rubbing elbows with the giants in your industry? Visit successinohio.com today. What's up, people? (laughs) This is the 2022 Halloween special episode of You're Not Listening, the podcast that teaches you how to actively listen to music one song at a time. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. I am Jim, Sean's dad. (laughs) Good music. (laughs) I thought I'd start off with some fun, spooky music. music. It's spooky season. It's the best time of year for people like me. What's your favorite? Yeah. So excited. We love doing the Halloween episodes. Uh, I want to like lead up to it in the group by sharing some of our old Halloween episodes and some other spooky music that we like to listen to. So uh, be on the lookout for the rest of the... You, you'll be hearing it already, but for the rest of the uh, spooky season up until Halloween, keep a lookout on the show and we'll be play, sharing some spooky songs for the rest of the month. But this is the episode. We do it once a year. We do a Halloween episode. We do a Christmas episode. We do a St. Patrick's Day episode. Those are kind of the three big ones that we make sure we hit because it's all our favorite holidays and the music that we like to listen to at those time of year. And we like to share that as well. And... For these episodes, we've done a lot of different things. We've done some like Halloween-specific songs, some Halloween-adjacent songs, some that we may consider a bit of a stretch, but we figured out how to make it work. (laughs) Um, And we also have done a a guest episode. I think, was it last year we had a guest, or was it the year before? The year before. Yeah, uh, the year before we had uh, the folks from, we had Jonathan and Crystal from Hunt Weekly talk about It might have been the first year. This is year three. This is our anniversary. Today is our anniversary. I feel like we've done more than that. I don't know. uh, But- um, Regardless, it, so yeah. Regardless, we always like to do some spooky music around this Halloween, time of year. It's fun. Halloween and, adjacent. Uh, I like that. Halloween adjacent. It, it gets you in the uh, in the mood, in the Halloween mood. And uh, so we're gonna we're gonna do that tonight. I am actually talking about a theme song that everyone will recognize. I'm talking about the theme song from the twi- the original Twilight Zone theme song. Nice. Um, which is nice because it's nice and short. Oh, uh, we we always pick long songs. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, especially for these, the Christmas ones, I feel like tend to be pretty short, Yeah, short songs. Uh, and then, and dad, you are doing <laughs> a six and a half minute song. 
Right, but it's a live version. It's a live like version. The, there's uh, probably a minute and a half of just cheering between the beginning no, and the end. Well, not really. It's yeah, it's 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 just long. It's a lot of guitar solo stuff. Um, yeah, it's like forty percent guitar it's solo. It's Josh Stone doing um, uh, Screaming Jay Hawkins doing a, a cover of Screaming Jay Hawkins. I put a spell on you, which everybody probably knows from Hocus Pocus, but it's a it's a I think it's a, a really good version. Right. Yeah, it's cool. It's so does that make me of- Halloween adjacent? Kinda is that that's a cool yeah term. I guess I like so yeah it's hell, I mean I I think I think people would put I put a spell on you pretty firmly within the Halloween I, stuff. I would think so but as I'm going to explain I think she steals it from Halloween and it's not a Halloween song when she's done with it so well then if it's not a Halloween song See ya. Dad, good night thanks for coming <laughs> <laughs> you can't say things like that on the Halloween special <laughs> no it is because it's it's clearly a you know it's it's on every Halloween you know, right list everywhere his version. So, well, there's a lot of different versions of that song, yeah. and I don't think any of them have the same lyrics. I feel like everybody just kind of says their own, their own thing, thing for, yeah. except yeah. for the, except for the chorus, yeah. Yeah, right. Well, even in the chorus, they kind of like change it up. So, <laughs> but we'll talk about it. I don't know which one we want to do first. Uh, sadly, again, it's another year without uh, Werewolves on Wheels. Werewolves on Wheels. <laughs> Is that like me saying? Um, What's the what's the one about the Martian hop? The Martian hop, yeah. It's no, a, a, oh. it's a, so we'll do one with Martian hop and werewolves on wheels. Werewolves on wheels. <laughs> it's, so so these songs are good, but they're not as good as Martians on wheels. Martians on wheels. <laughs> Never mind werewolves. Where, what is it? Werewolves in London. Werewolves on wheels. <laughs> <laughs> Martian on wheels. No, no. it's too fun. The, anyway, the do you want to do? Would you want to do mine first since it's short? We'll kind of get through it. Um. Yeah, if you want. What I was going to say years first. I was going to say mine just because, you know, I'm I'm not. I struggle with these, as you know, you know, because I'm not as much. My my Halloween music is, has a tendency to be very the cheesy stuff that I used to use DJing at, at elementary school dances kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if I have as much to say. I like this version of it, so there's some really good stuff, but it's going to feel pretty traditional in, in our conversations rather than Halloweenish. So I almost wonder if we should do mine, get it out of the way. Yeah, and, we can do and yours. Finish big fine. on yours because I have some stories about Twilight Zone and stuff too. So, oh yeah, cool, sure. Yeah. So let's do that first. So click the link in the show notes because I don't know if this song is on like Spotify, but it's on YouTube. Mm, yeah. This I think when, when you we're... search YouTube, uh, if you, if you say. Uh, just on live, um, put a spell on you. This is the first one that comes up. I think it's one of the most popular. It's only the most recent. It's 2021. Yeah. So it, this is on YouTube, which is kind of cheating, but we've all done it. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. we're going to, we're this is, it's, it's this is the version that you, you want to listen to anyway. Yep. Yep. It's really good. Yep. So go ahead and listen to it and come on back and we'll talk about it. <laughs> All right. That's a lot of guitar. It is. <laughs> it is. And, and you want you want you want some notes and do you want just my impression? Do you want me to start off? I mean, what do you, what do you want to how do you want to do this? Well, I mean, yeah, tell me Halloween. We, we went back and forth a lot. Yeah. between what songs yeah. we were going to do this week. And the, I want to know why you settled on this one yeah. cuz you had a pretty good list. You had a good list so of songs. So you disappointed in this one because my other No, list I'm just saying. Yeah. No, there was a, a lot of songs to choose from, yeah. and they were all good. So I started, I'm wondering how I you ended doing, up with this. I started doing a lot of research of like what song, you know, again, what song would I want to? If we go on a long drive, here's a song that I want Sean to kind of hear and have a discussion about and stuff. And I realized with my Halloween stuff, I was kind of doing, you know, and, and let's let's do a search about werewolves. Let's do a search about bats. Let's do a search. Werewolves on wheels. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, 
you know, and, and all that stuff. And, and then I realized what, what, what songs, you know, kind of scared me. And what I initially came up with is songs from two soundtracks. One was the, the, the um, I guess it's the score or the, or the opening or the music from uh, Children of the Corn, mm-hmm. which is terrifying. Be- mm. Because if you know if you know anything about that movie, it's scary anyway. Um, but the whole premise of it, but you know, they I, I think, and you know a lot more about this than I do. I, I think the way they use like off chords and you know and shops and and flat chords and everything else that you know dissonance. We're going to talk about that in mind. Yeah, that's a big part that's of that mind. stuff puts fear into you anyway and makes you kind of think more. So it was that one, and then and the other one is, and this is a, this is a, and that was just because I know that was a scary movie. And I, I oh, that was a scary movie. I wonder what the association, right? It, What's that? It's associate. It's scary because of what you associate it with. Yeah, right? so scary adjacent or something like that. Halloween adjacent. Well, I mean, it's a it's a horror movie yeah. Yeah. score. So, <laughs> um, and then the other one was, and this is a real life thing that that like literally like made my skin crawl, gave me goosebumps, and terrified, and and like damaged me. I think I'm still in, in therapy over it. Jesus Christ Superstar. I know, I know. Which isn't a horror film, obviously. I mean, it is if you know if you're a Christian, you obviously don't want to see, you know, Christ up on the on the crucifix and all stuff. But you know, that's another another story that we're not going to get into. But some of the music in it, when if so 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 rewind back up. I'm living in Methuen. We're living in your typical. I don't know if you know anything or if you remember the house at all. I'm sure you don't because you moved out when you were six months. But it was a typical 1950s ranch, one floor, and Summertime, whatever. Jesus Christ Superstar hits big, big. It's a, it's it's an album, and I think the subsequent, you know, the, the touring Broadway show and everything else is big everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I go out and get the album just because that's what you do, you know. So I have the album and I'm listening to it nighttime, and um, and that the I think it's the the crucifixion scene is is the way it plays out on the on the, or, or maybe even just some of the opening songs that come out come out of it. Um, come on, but I think it was during the crucifixion, and and it's haunting. It's so, mm. and it was so scary. And I'm in my room, and then I I swear, and again, picture this on the first floor, one floor ranch. I have two windows in my my corner bedroom, and I swear I heard, you know, yeah. at, at my screen. Did you see how I did that? That was good, huh? Yeah, no, uh, yeah. at my screen, um, like and and. My curtains were drawn, so I didn't see anything out there. But you know, my my whole thing is, uh, and this is going to relate exactly to what you're going to be talking about. We're going to talk about with with the Twilight Zone, is to a scene in a, in a Twilight Zone movie that I saw, where you open up your screen and something is in. You open up your your, your shades and something right there in the window. Terrifying. In the movie, are you talking about the airplane scene yes. in the movie? Yes. Will, yeah. William Shatner. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Horror horror at thirty thousand feet or whatever yes. it is. That's terrifying. Yes. So terrifying. You know, I'm thinking that. When I open up my my shades, or there's going to be something curtains, there looking at you. There's going to be someone's face right there, and yeah. so it, right there, and it's something I remember vividly now. And I had to be, I don't know what year it was that it came out and everything, but still living with Thuan, not going off to college yet. So I had to be maybe middle school or something, like so I'm fourteen or thirteen or whatever. And I still remember that moment, and it like wow. still kind of gives me like clammy fingers and, and everything else. So I thought, what better song to kind of be? But it, but it, it's like okay. You're playing a song, and you're listening to it, and our listeners are listening to it. It's like, yeah, okay, it's a scary song, but I don't know if there's any substance that you can kind of have a discussion about. So that's why mm. I got away from some. Of it's those it's, things it's almost to. like it's too personal. Like it's it scared you, but it might not scare other people, well, so they might not. I, I really think it get would, that. like the Children of the Corn song would, 
But mm-hmm. but can you discuss that in this kind of format that we have? So I'm thinking, okay, right. what's what, what, it's scary. Well, what else did that? Well, it's scary, you know, and scary images. What's your song? Maybe that's you all know? it is. Yeah, you know. So I, I figured that wasn't going to be able to do it. So then I kind of I came up with you know um, and and I that the cheesy list of all the songs that at every one of your elementary indoors, sometimes even other other dances that we do that, you know, you have Ghostbusters and you have Thriller, right? Those would be fun to talk about too. Yeah, yeah, they're good. But do people learn or want to know those or anything else? Right. If they see a list, it's just like, yeah, okay, they're talking about Thriller. No big deal, of course. Right. Everyone There's probably knows. a lot of podcasts talking everyone, about and Thriller and Ghostbusters. Everyone does, does the dance, you know, and everything else. Yeah. And, and you can't see that, but I just did the... It's also like an eight-minute song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um and there's a Vincent Price thing at the end, which um, is also referencing in my song as well. But um, so then I came up with um, this one, and I and I I put a spell on you, which is Screaming Jay Hawkins from '56, 1956, which and, we did discuss when um, Jonathan and Crystal were on the show we as did. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked yeah. about that a little, not like a full. We just kind of like yep. chatted about it for a minute. Yep. And and I I found this version of it. A lot of people have done it. A lot of people covered it and stuff. But I found this, and and it, what I found is it also tied in with what you and I have talked about numerous times. Of we want to start to really kind of showcase some of the the great strong women vo- vocals and voices out there. And Joss mm-hmm. Stone is amazing. You know, yeah. Is is if you don't know her, you know, you're missing out. So go listen to her. One I think the, a lot of people picture her like singing quietly at a piano, and like that's not. Yeah, boy, well, she does that really well. But she, yeah, but she does it on does. this one. And this live version um, initially came from um, she did a song, and it was Jeff Beck doing it, who's a, who's the monster guitarist, because mm-hmm. uh, this is a heavy guitar solo song um, with her doing vocals in 2010, and it was Grammy nominated and all that kind of stuff, which is cool. But she evidently, I think, takes it on the road and, and is on her. Um, you know, when she does a live show. And I think it's a closer. It sounds like it's a closer in some of the mm. videos. Of the, um, and this particular version, and, and I don't know, Sean, you, you can and you can maybe do a better job at searching this after we get off the air and stuff here and stuff, but I, I don't I don't think she's performing with her band. If she has a band. Okay. I'm guessing she does. But She probably has a touring band I would of like think. hired musicians, yeah. Because the guitarist who just like rips this song apart... I don't think it's hers. I think her. No, he looks like he could be in any like yes. wedding cover band. He's he's. Uh, I think he's from but Switzerland. He's nasty. Yeah, he's from Switzerland. Um, I think he's pretty well known, you know, in 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 that part of Europe. And I did some research. First off, trying to find out what his name was was difficult. Then I found it out, and then you know did some research, and everything was was in Swiss, and and you know <laughs> th- didn't get a connection, and 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 then I tried to find out who's in her touring band. I couldn't find that. List. So I was like, ah. What's good with it? because there's there's a part in the video which is why I think it's important to, to watch the, the YouTube version of it where she just looks so ecstatic at what he's doing with the solo mm. that um, isn't the norm of I mean obviously when you're on stage you, you you put on a show for the audience and everything else but it isn't the normal response of a of a front person when they're responding to their band it's like mm. wow you're you're really doing something different here and and really and really amazing so. I thought that yeah. was such a cool version of that, and I'm sure you picked up on that as well. Oh yeah, oh it's an it's an amazing performance. Yeah, yeah, and and it's almost and and, and again, you kind of get caught up in her her vocals, which she has such great pipes, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, 
and but then it, it gets you know talk about you know first versus the last episode we did with the with your love of santana you know like <laughs> this guy takes over and it's a it's a guitar solo song until she comes back in you know and, and kind of right. reclaims it but um, this is a slow blues rock like but, this song wow. this is the kind of song that needs the screaming guitar solo yes yes and Unlike it, it, the last song, like that's what that was my issue with the last song is like it fit. felt like it didn't need it. Yeah, this one yeah. would feel off without it. Yeah, and ironically, so, after we get after you know we did the recording stuff, I went and I and I found Michelle Branch's um, acoustic version of that song, and it was okay. It was a little lacking, though. Believe it or not, to me, you know. Um, yeah, no, and I, the funny I like thing it is, better. <laughs> the, the funny thing is when we um, when we recorded that that night, she was in Boston at the Paradise. Like, oh really? Should have reached out to her. Should have got her opinion. You know, so, oh, that's but funny. But then she's on the road and everything else. So she was local when we were talking. So there was there was some kind of calmer in the air and stuff. But anyway, um, it's just it, it kind of gets away from the Halloween piece because it turns into this blues, you know, crazy solo, um, unbelievable song with that. So, mm-hmm. and I've got some highlight notes and stuff. So, um, first yeah, off, I have I have one that I want to play, but it's it's at the end. So. Okay, all right. So obviously it's cult classic. Um, yep. obviously I always consider right around Halloween and stuff, but I think she, like I said, she kind of steals it. And as much as you're going to get mad at me for it, not being, you know, as, as Halloweeny it is because everybody I'm knows. I'm not mad from, at you. You think I get mad at you about this? Uh, uh, because, cause I know this is your, your, this is your baby. You love the Halloween stuff. Everybody I think knows it certainly without question from Hocus Pocus. If you've, you know, grown up anywhere in the, in the last 40, 50 years, you've seen Hocus Pocus. You know, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're between 20 and 50 years old. You and know and you know, what's funny about that? So my girls love Hocus Pocus. Yeah, it's okay. funny because like we 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 like I I talked to Katie and like her kids won't watch like regular Disney movies because they think they're too scary. Yeah, my kids are not afraid of like anything. Yeah, no kidding. Like Harper's favorite movie right now is The Nightmare Before Christmas, but they love Hocus Pocus and they love the witches. Yeah. Harper comes down the stairs and she goes, "Sisters!" <laughs> it's just so funny. They love it and. Um, that so we they want to hear that song a lot, but that song from that that version yep. from that movie that is version. nowhere to be found. Really, it is like you can watch it on YouTube, watch the scene, but it's not on the that original soundtrack. Really? It's not on Spotify. Like it, you can't find the song. You have to like illegally convert the video into wow. MP3 or something. Surprising, really? Yeah, it's not on Spotify yeah, weird, at all. Right? Yeah, and it. it, it it's not even under like Bette Midler stuff or anything? Or? No. And wow. so there's songs in the new movie, you know, that came out with the sequel. We've already watched that like 40 times. Yeah. It's aggressively mediocre, but, you know, it's, really? it's nostalgic and it's fun, whatever. It feels like a Disney Channel movie. Yeah. But they sing Blondie in that one. They sing uh, One Way or Another. Oh, yeah. And then okay. they have another song that they sing in the beginning, which is like a, you know, a a real produced song that they obviously wrote for the for movie, movie for the film, um, yeah. and those are on the soundtrack for the new movie so like they did it this time I don't know why they didn't do it really? last time it's weird and it, a, a great version of that song of um, I Put a Spell on You really not the one we're talking about but they 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 kill that and I think it's there's a reason it got so popular <laughs> I'm looking right now original score yeah you're right it's not there it's crazy isn't that weird? Because they always like, oh, ask Alexa to play that song. And it's like, no, yeah, she doesn't have yeah. that song. <laughs> wow. Well, it's funny. Well, one of the songs I was going to consider, and a little side note here, was Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Well, because that's by a great band- version of that song. No, no. By the band Focus. Oh, which oh is, the song Hocus Pocus. Which is wonderfully terrible. <laughs> Focus. Be- Hocus Pocus. I don't know if I know that one. As, as much, oh, as much as, I, I sent you a link on that one. As much as... um. It's, I mean, Hocus Pocus. Hey, oh, okay, it's got a Halloween, theme, Halloween adjacent, I guess. But it's uh, there's yodeling in it. 
Oh, nice. With, 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 the, with the solos. So it's pretty hey, much- we've done songs with Yodeling before we did the Cranberries. Yeah. Well, no, this is all Yodeling. There's no words. Oh, jeez. The only words in it are Yodeling. Yodeling. And it breaks into like crazy guitar solos as, as a result. It was huge. It was huge back in like 73 or something like that. So, so. Oh, that's hysterical. Search for it right now while, while I'm talking and you'll know what I mean. You can play it for a couple minutes and it, it's called Hocus Pocus by a band named Focus. Again, somebody my age would, would know it. Other oh, people God, look not. at this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a live version of it, and the guy even looks crazier than the studio version. I can't, sorry, I can't hear what you're saying over the screaming yodeling. <laughs> Are you listening to it? Oh, I've heard this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I've heard that. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. So, I feel like I've heard that on a commercial somewhere. Yeah. So I was going to, so again, back to the Hocus Pocus thing. Everybody knows Hocus Pocus, and maybe not Hocus Pocus Focus, but they know Hocus Pocus the movie. Is that right? Okay. So the, the the original song, which was done by Screaming Jay Hawkins, was supposed to be like a blues song or a love song and everything else. And then the way they explain it is, however, the producer brought in uh, ribs and chicken and everybody got drunk and got everybody drunk. We came out with this weird version. I don't even remember making the record. Before, I was just a normal blues singer. I was just Jay Hawkins. It sort of just fell into place. I found out I could do more by destroying a song and screaming it to death. <laughs> Hawkins transforms himself in in his live shows into the black Vincent Price. Um, and his theatrical act was one of the first shock rock performances well before Meatloaf and you know everybody else and all that stuff. So right. And it was selected as one of the, the top five hundred songs by rock, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Rolling Stone, one of the five hundred greatest songs of all time. In the way it is it, possibly it, it some, because of the influence. Even with like the the heavy metal screamo type music where they're yep. like screaming. I mean, this is still probably one of the most intense vocals you'll ever yeah. hear. Yep. Yep. Because it's completely off the rails. Yeah. It's just screaming. He he probably did completely destroy his vocal cords yeah. doing that. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing he didn't um, hold back at all. And it was at the time, I mean imagine nineteen fifty six, it was banned. In a lot of places, you know, never mind they were banning race music and all that kind of stuff, but it was banned because it was too aggressive and, you know, it was, it was too black or, you know, whatever. And he would show up and, you know, when, when Alan Freed, um, you know, who coined the, the, the term rock and roll, would have his, his, his shows and he would get, you know, a dozen artists and have them come and play one or two of their hits and everything else. And Screaming Jay Hawkins was first kind of showcased on, on those things. He came out, he would come out of a coffin and he's wearing like this, it looks like a African witch doctor's kind of look with mm. with tusks hanging from his, his, his so chest. So like an Alice like, Cooper type performance. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and then yelling at and, and smoking skulls and everything else. And people were just shocked and all the kind of Sounds which awesome. Is part, which is part of the, the, the whole thing. So again, I, always associated with Halloween for those reasons. Right. Um, but, you know, fast forward to, you know, 2022 and, you know, a lot of people have covered it. Um like I think one of the, the the more prominent ones was in Hocus Pocus and this Jeff Beck one who who redid mm -hmm. it in two thousand ten with Joss. So it was Jeff Beck's song with Joss Stone doing the vocals. Well, now she takes that her own without without Jeff Beck when she's on the road and does it and just does this killer version of it. It's interesting because the screaming Jay Hawkins version is so full. There's yeah. always something going on. Yeah. You know that bump 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 and. Yeah. and with this, one, on you. Yeah. with this one, it's like the opposite. It's, there's a lot of like silence in it. You know, they yeah. take that approach of like less is more where it's like, we're not going to play a lot of notes so that when we do play notes, it has a huge impact. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And again, I, I think that's why this 
was a little bit of a surprise when you see her live version of it is it's almost like she gets i mean for for a singer that this is her song this is her performance this is her her show but for her to step back and let someone else just kind of like dominate the song and is i think it was a guest guitarist i, I can't if somebody out there can do some research or knows it and tell us, please do. Because she was like thrilled and, and so almost giddy at the, the response of how he, how he did it and how he took over some of the solos. And then when she jumps back in, she has such a like a fever. And the depth of her voice when she comes in the second time is just like, wow, they're really killing yeah. it. Let, let's listen to some of it. Yeah. I want to see if I can get so a little let me, part. So let me give you some numbers. Um, well, hold on. I want to get a little part of the first verse here. Okay. Okay. That's the feel yeah. for anyone who cheated and, and didn't listen. And you know what? And, and it doesn't happen to me usually at all or very often. But like just hearing that again, like I kind of just got goosebumps. Isn't that strange? Mm-hmm. That has that that, that kind of Well, it does. Me. It's that type of song. That, it's that feel. It, it gets under your skin. Yeah. You know? And and she's so good. If you don't know Joss Stone, you're missing out. Go, she go, is really go good. Learn her. She's um, a groovy, groovy <sighs> singer and sure. i have some information about her and stuff that we may not need one of the big things is in in 2021 she won um in the second uh, season of the mass singer she won it dressed up as a sausage by the way right well like you do yeah right so um <laughs> so again crazy good vocal stuff but the the backing band stuff i think is even better stuff and, and again i don't know if it's her band or if she's sitting in with someone else or if it's her show i think it's her show because there's a lot of other songs it might just be her band, and then he plays guitar. Like uh, that's he's a that's guest the guitarist. impression I get. His name is Jean Pierre Von Dach, D A C H. Jean Pierre Von Dach. He's a guitarist and a Swiss singer. Um, yeah, Mexican guy, right? Yeah, no, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Irish guy, but he's not a werewolf. Werewolves are werewolves. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, but he's Swiss, uh, and he, he's backup. You know, well, he's a guitarist for this guy, Manuel Albertin, who I guess is kind of big in, in that part of the world as well so 156 when he when she stops and it, it it's after the first break and he goes into a solo like let's crazy tone yeah yeah Coming out of that and Stratocaster. no effort at all. Just killing it. Right. You know, Don't you hate people like that? <laughs> just. Um, and Although you know, he does make some some pretty epic faces. guitar solo faces. Yeah, which is required. That's required. Right. I think you learn that when you're, you're taking lessons at Guitar Center. Yeah, they you teach know. you that. Yeah, they do. They teach you that first. They do. So that way, if you if you <laughs> even if you play the wrong notes and you mess up, at least it like, looks like it's intentional. Mm. You okay. Know? Well, and, and it, again, you think about it, the debate of the old, who's the greatest guitarist in the world ever, and everybody always comes back to Clapton or Prince or somebody else. Jeff Beck is Hendrix. always in that conversation. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, and, and you think about like this guy, this Swiss guy, 
like, okay, w- watch me. And Jeff Beck's version of it, which is a lot shorter, and I almost did that one just to save you the the, the, the craziness of a six-minute song or something, but, but not as good, <laughs> which is crazy to say that about Jeff Beck, you know, on a guitar solo. You know, this guy just kills it. Um, yeah. Skip to three minutes when she comes back in. Yeah, see... See, that's what I mean is like everything stops. Yeah. And it's just like super reserved and they like bring things down. They keep it grounded and it just makes every the note silence. And every, that she sings and every note that's on the guitar like impactful. And yeah. it's not like they're not subtle with the guitar. Like if they do guitar fills, like he's cranked up and he's filling and he's filling. He's the, still, space. yeah, he's yeah. still on solo mode almost. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, then they, they do the back and forth, you know, the, the answer, the call and answer kind of thing. Three o'clock at, th- at three minutes. Yeah. 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 Call and answer is, is yeah. nice. It's always yeah. good. Always yeah. a good move. If you're a songwriter, call and answer always works. Right. <laughs> Especially for the guitarist. So, so. Right. And then, you know, 350, the, he takes over again. And then at 416, the organ, and I think it's a B3, Hammond B3, which we he, big fans of, obviously, on this show. We always talk about it. Mm-hmm. 416, and then 433, the horns jump into. When I was listening, I heard those horns, and I was like, I guarantee he's yeah. going to play gonna that part. <laughs> well, you know what they remind me of? You know what horns remind me of? Werewolves. Always. Werewolves are werewolves. <laughs> Sorry. Here it is. They're right there. Yep. Bum, 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 yeah. bum, the, the horns on is prominent as some some of the other stuff we've we've talked about or that I've. Although, and I will say this: too. when you're watching the video, you hear it more because you see them playing it. You see, yeah, and you see them right. prepping and picking up their so horns, getting ready. Right, right. It may it may have sounded kind of subtle and in the background, but when you're watching the video, they they're focus right in on that moment on the yeah, horns, and it makes it feel it. a lot bigger. And I then again, if you're watching, go to th- uh, four fifty four and watch her reaction. I'm not watching. But. Okay. She is, she is just looking at him and like literally as giddy, and laughing and smiling and, and pointing and everything else. It's just it's so it's so genuine and, and so visceral. It's like you can see how she's just getting so into it. It's awesome. And then she cool. kicks back in the vocals and, and brings them home. So, right, um, yeah. I think I, the one thing that I wanted to do is the last note. What she does with the last note that she holds. See if I can find that. All right, so listen to this last note when she, you know, they're playing the like final note on the guitar, and you know the drummer is just slamming the cymbals until yep. the song ends. Like they end, you know, like every every band ends a live song. Right, right. <laughs> and she, especially, especially at the end of a show. Yeah. Right, and she holds out this last note, and just listen to what she does, how she morphs her voice halfway through. Just listen to it. I don't know if you heard it, but it starts off as like a ah, and then it changes to a ah. Yeah. Right there. Ah. Yeah, the vibrato. It's just like it turns into this. It's almost like this goes from singing a note to this more of like an animalistic 
yeah. kind of scream at the end, which is yeah. just really and cool. And you can just picture her like bending backwards and screaming. Oh, yeah. She goes all out. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. like bent over. It's great. And you know what? what is shocking about it, if you're watching the video? The people in, in the crowd, if it's 2021, are probably still like COVID scared or whatever. They're not going crazy. You would think that they'd be like falling all over themselves, jumping up, going crazy. They're just like, oh. Nice. That's a very nice performance. And it's like, come on. Maybe they just reserved or it's the, the politeness of a, a Swiss audience wherever this was. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but like, I mean, Great you can't dance to it. You can't no, bounce but, to it. It's just, you know, you just, it's one of those things where like you just kind of sit there and admire. Yeah. That's what I would be doing. Yeah. You know? And and with your jaw dropped open of the old wow, right. I can't believe that what a performance I'm watching right now. And then when it ends, you jump up and scream and, and you know, and celebrate how good that was. So, exactly. Yeah. Just again, it, it, and you, do you understand now why I said it, it kind of gets lost of the old? Oh yeah, that was a Halloween song. I don't know. It's it it's a blues song, is oh, what yeah. she turned into. You know, with the intent of it being you know almost a werewolf song. Right. Not quite. <laughs> but but just you know it, it it's still a nod to um to, to such a great song by Screaming Jay Hawkins back in from the fifties and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So I remember when I was like, when I was growing up, I listened to the radio. I don't know if you remember this, but I all night, I didn't use a sound machine. I listened to the radio. I do. Literally up until I went to college, I would listen, I would have the radio playing all night. And there were songs that just scared me and like freaked me out. And I put a spell on you, I would hear the CCR version every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah. And that one is freaky. For some reason, American. I almost, did that, American, I I almost did that one because I know that's a really good version of it too. But yeah, yeah is it haunting to you? I don't know why. I mean, it, it it's weird. Which like. The song Lenny Kravitz version of American Woman scared the hell out of me. I don't know why. <laughs> really? Something about it, like I would hear it and I would just get creeped out. I would get the creeps, <laughs> which there's no reason for that. No. I don't know no, why. No. I literally have no no justification for it, but I didn't like hearing it. And when I was in like elementary school, that song was huge. American Woman. And I didn't like it. It scared me. <laughs> don't know why. There so must be something. It's a good thing I didn't do the CCI version because you'd be scared right now. Or? No, it's, yeah, whatever. At this point, <laughs> I'm fine. But yeah, yeah, I just think it's weird how certain I, I, things. They did. They did like one that. of the covers of I think that that, and they had a pretty good amount of success with it too. But I think it's right. one of the times when CCI was big. No matter what they would have done, they would have had right. good success. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it was a good version. It was a really good version. Yeah, too. yeah. So yeah, that's about song. it. That's about it. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Good Not stuff. a lot to say, but you know, it's it's one of those songs that if you haven't heard, it's worth kind of getting out and researching. If you're a guitarist, listen to it. And spending six minutes, you know, just being awed by by the performance, and it's not just that because it's also her vocals. You know, mm-hmm. uh, her vocals on the um, on the Jeff Beck version. They, Jeff Beck and and Justin did a live version of it. Also, I want to say maybe it was the two thousand. Probably at the Grammys somewhere. right? No, it was um American Idol. It was oh. an American Idol kind of 2000 celebration or whatever, you know, whatever, the, the, the so-and-so anniversary or whatever. And they did it. And it was okay. But it was also, you know, something like this, you, you can't knock it down to three minutes and five seconds and stuff because the networks want you to play a shorter version of it. So I think everything was kind of shortened and maybe cheapened a little. It was a little more Jeff Beck heavy rather than Joss Stone heavy. And I, I like this version because it really kind of showcases her her chops and, and her vocal uh, prowess more than... Um, you know, Jeff, and it, I like Jeff Beck, but it just, the Jeff Beck version, I think seems a little hollow compared to this version with, to me, is an unknown guitarist who just shreds and who probably is not an unknown guitarist to the people from Volbeat because they know how good this guy is because it's that part yeah. of the world, you know? Right. 
Cool. Yeah. Cool. That's it. Short Good one. Good stuff. Short one for a long song. And the, oh, the other thing, I told you that, <laughs> that what? she won the mass thing. I thought that was important. Yeah. And she also, she grew up, she has dyslexia. Left school at age 16. Um, she said, I wasn't that, it wasn't that I was stupid. I was just dyslexic and I wasn't academic. I'm more autistic. Uh, and then one of the other things that I like that, that she grew up listening to soul music and was big and her first CD uh, record, I think CD was that uh, she ever owned was Aretha Franklin, mm. you know, when you're like 10 yeah. years old. So yeah, that, you can see that. You can see that influence. <laughs> yeah. So I was going to say, if that's where you started your love of music, like, okay, I, I can see where, you know, where you want to go. And she's big on um, rescue dogs. She's always big for animal rights, which I like that about her as well. So I reached Very- out to her and I invited her to come on the show. I don't know if she'll even see it or anything else like that but um you know she's also got a christmas album coming out and uh i think it's out what's coming out soon like every artist has to do at some point right you have to that's required you have to you know even werewolves sometimes we'll have to do that stuff so yeah um good you like it (laughs) yeah no i do and hadn't heard that before i mean you know you know her songs right i know her yeah and the the big song that she had was um, "Right to Be Wrong." I think I got a right to be wrong. Right to be wrong, yeah. Just don't, yeah. Right to be wrong. I think is one of her bigger songs, and some of the other ones and stuff. But um, and again, you know, Smoky Cafe. Her singing. My, my favorite. I think I've talked about it too. Is when she did the cover of "Fell Fell in Love with a Girl" by the White Stripes. Yeah. Only yep. she did "Fell in Love with a Boy." Yes. Just you know. Yep. That um, is right And here. it's just so groovy and bluesy and yep. it's just so cool. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you don't, if you haven't heard, yeah, this is, it has a version of it here, but it has with Jeff Beck and everything else. So, but if you haven't heard um, her, and again, a lot of the, the, the really strong women artists that we, we like to talk about here, um, it, it's worth it to go out there and just kind of find a, a really good listening time to put your headphones on and, and really kind of absorb their talent. She's so, mm-hmm. so, so good. The other one that I thought you were going to do um, that we talked about was down, down to the bottom of the river. Uh, bottom of the river, yeah. Bottom Delta of the Ray? river. Yeah. Which also has some really strong vocals by Delta Ray. Uh, so, yeah. You know, so. <laughs> I've seen them live twice. Yeah. And there's one moment in that song that is unbelievably powerful. And it's even more so when they do it live. Really? really, it's just it's a, when it it's seems a, like they're all stomping their feet and stuff. Like well, she just has. Through. There's just one line where the lead singer just goes off really? the rails on like one note. Really, and it's just so it just it's so powerful and it's really cool. Goosebumps. So, yeah, we'll do that song. I, I'm still planning on doing that song. <laughs> I've, I've had not even as a Halloween song, just like in general. Like yeah. it's just a really we good song. We talk about that all the time, and we've never really kind of gotten too. The point in doing it, I thought, oh, well, here it is, because it, it's about witches, right? That I was going to do it. Well, no, I mean, I think they kind of have developed the, their kind of brand as a band to be kind of around this like kind of witchcraft thing. I think the so it's a that that's a, a that band is is three siblings, two brothers and a sister, and then like one of their best friends, and then they have a couple of the people in their band. But yep. those are the four main singers, and they all take turns singing lead for different songs and stuff. Okay. And um, I think the the sister is she really kind of has that energy that kind of 
witchy energy that you see in a lot of like movies and TV shows and stuff. And and they infuse that into a lot of the songs that she does lead on, which is uh, pretty cool. Okay. And I think this year they even wrote like they did like either a rock opera or a musical or something that is about witchcraft and stuff like that. I think they've really kind of like embraced that and nice. dove, dove into that, nice. which is cool because they don't, it's not like they don't sound like a gothic creepy band, but they have those like, like the elements of that kind of world in a lot of their songs. The imagery kind cool. of stuff. Yeah, it's cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and if you watch their music videos, like like the music video for Bottom of the River is like it it looks like it's in like sixteen hundreds Salem witch right. trial days, you know, right. like yeah. I and think I think they just kind of like too. I think they kind of were like, okay, so this is like we we enjoy this aesthetic, we sound Let's really go good, it. and they just leaned into it, which yeah. is probably the best decision that they could have made. I think that was real footage back from the sixteen hundreds too. They have probably like yeah camera when they were taking that yeah, especially the with the guys with the the wrestling, the Mexican yeah. wrestling masks. Yeah. That yeah, was a true. real, I still don't understand that. That's a I don't, I don't conversation that for from. another day. <laughs> but so, yeah. Um, favorite I part? I did that one. Favorite part? Uh, I don't know. I just like all the guitar yeah. stuff. Yeah. You know? I was just but blown I think away maybe, by how good maybe he was. at that end, the, the ending note there that I highlighted, I just, I like yeah. when people kind of like lose themselves and kind of just go all out. Yep. Like that. I like the, the, just the, watching her enthusiasm again. A little cheating with the uh, the YouTube versus Spotify, but right. um, just her being so into it and watching and in, enjoying someone playing her music. Because I I don't think he is her guitarist and tours mm -hmm. with her. Now the only other explanation is that band was playing and they asked her to come out and do a couple songs and she did that. Maybe maybe I don't, I don't know. know. I don't, I don't know the the premise of it and stuff, and I could, I couldn't find. It. I was hoping I had that information so I could share that, you know, t today and stuff. But I couldn't. I mean, I spent almost an hour and a half, and I couldn't find like the premise of that particular concert and everything. So, or I could, but it was all in, you know, in Swiss and couldn't read it, right. even with translating stuff. So, so good, done, cool. What's yours? Uh, mine is short, but it's you know, it's one that everyone knows. It's the, it's the theme from, the Twilight Zone. The old TV show. And if you hear it, you get creeped out because you know it. Yeah. It's, and, I mean. And yet, people your generation and younger, have they ever watched one episode? I well, mean, it's, I, it, it's I, on it, like. It's not fair for me to speak to that because obviously I have seen every episode of The Twilight Zone. <laughs> okay, good. I'm proud of you, son. I'm proud but, of you. No, because it's one of those know. that like it, it's on, you know, and it'll have, you know, marathons on mm -hmm. for forever. But I don't know if anybody 25 or 30, 35 have seen, you know, if they're not into horror or whatever, have they, would they, I mean, they maybe know from Disney, from Tower of Terror, maybe. Possibly. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, well, they redid the Twilight Zone. Uh, Jordan Peele redid the Twilight Zone. Oh, he did? Like last year or the oh, year okay. before, like a couple okay. years ago. As a um, film? As a movie? Like a whole new series. Like he did a new oh, series. Okay. Um, And they, and he's obviously a just a genius filmmaker yeah. like was it good did you see it i didn't watch it i haven't i haven't watched it believe okay. it or not uh i've only seen the old ones <laughs> but i think twilight zone and this is also me you know anyone who listens regularly knows that i'm i'm deep in the the throes of my uh, master's program in creative writing so I, I, my mind is always thinking about storytelling all the time Visuals, but i yeah. think i feel like the shows like the twilight zone and uh like star trek which I didn't, I never have been into Star Trek. I don't know much about it, but I think the fact that the impact that it's had and the fact that people still know about it and still watch it and talk about it, shows like The Twilight Zone are a testament that good storytelling has Last. no expiration date. Yeah. 
right? It like it, it, the the special effects may go out of style, and the way that they talk and stuff might go out of style. Right. But a good story well, never goes out of style, and the, and the styles and the clothes and everything else. But the story right. itself, yeah. But yeah. if you if you tell a really good story, it's never gonna it's never gonna go out of style, and it's always gonna be talked about because it's just really good. And I think that it's like that the original Twilight Zone series, the black and white back in the day, sixties. Every single episode was just really, really good storytelling. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. just knocked it out of the park every time, and, and so and all very, very different um, subjects. It wasn't like mm-hmm. the same thing every week. And it was right, very, very and that's what, like anthology shows are the best. They're probably they're like super expensive to make. I'm learning that anthology films and anthology shows are really production companies don't like to do it because it's so expensive because you need all new cast every time and new sets and all that stuff. But and you think it was like that in the '60s when they were doing this as well? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. What it, I, I wasn't yeah. alive, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. But no, I think it, you, the Twilight Zone is just one of those like those things that's just always people are always going to know about it forever yeah, because I think it's just it had such a cultural impact because it just is really good at telling stories. And I think certain shows have theme songs that are just instantly recognizable, like this the one. Twilight Zone, yeah. like Jeopardy. You know, <laughs> like some of these ones where it's just like if you have a theme that was heard by so many ears over and over again years on end and you can sing it it's like it's you're everyone's going to recognize that so even if you haven't seen the twilight zone and somebody goes do 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 yeah, they might you know. not say oh that's from the twilight zone but they they'll say oh that's the creepy song yeah like this is the song that's meant to tell me that the situation i'm in is creepy you know <laughs> and and if you listen to regular music you know, on uh, or, or music on like a regular FM station, you're going to hear that over the next couple of weeks, which is hilarious. That that right. song will come up again. Yeah, yeah, and you used know, it on Halloween time, commercial ads, and all kinds of stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. So let's go ahead. The version that I did is like there's a lot of versions out there. There's some that's like seven minute versions. There's like really? thirty second versions of it because you know it's just used in so many different contexts. But the one that I did is like I I found like a two ish minute version. It's just over two minutes. Uh, I have the link in the show notes. So go ahead, listen to that, come back, and we'll talk about it. So did that bring back some memories? It did, yeah. Oh, and yeah. obviously it's spliced for the um, for the opening for the TV show. There's the ending and, you know, the, the middle part of the right. traditional stuff. I hadn't heard that whole thing in, in a long, long time, and it, it it's creepy. It's yeah. creepy. It is. And so wow. there's there's some cool things to talk about with this. So if anybody, if you missed it, last year I was a guest on the America's Hometown Horror podcast, uh, which is a horror movie podcast, but they're friends of mine from when I used to live back in Weymouth, probably at this point, what, eight, eight years ago or so, eight, nine years ago, something like that. And um, Weymouth House. Yeah, they, I I lived with my roommate. One of my roommates was Kat, and she has a podcast with her husband, Mike, who is around all the time, and we would always watch horror movies because they love horror movies just as much as I do, probably more. But they had me on as a guest on their show to talk about horror movie music and horror movies and soundtracks and scores and, and all that stuff. And I actually talked about this because I find this super interesting, the way that this song was designed, because this song was written for the show. Like it was designed to get you in the mood to watch some weird, creepy stuff. Right. And, um, they, I, I talk a little bit about this and that, and that's why I kind of, I was thinking what I wanted to do. And I was actually thinking of doing the song twilight zone by golden earring. I know. I remember you talked about that because it just has this really cool kind of, kind of creepy, spooky vibe to it. 
you know, that it's just that dry, and it just like, it, it never kind of leaves that. It's kind of, just kind of eerie, yeah. but it's long and there's not a whole lot going on besides that. So when I actually went to play it once to listen to it, I accidentally clicked on the Twilight Zone theme song <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, I talked about this last year when I was with America's home, hometown horror people. <laughs> and uh, I was like, there's some really neat stuff about this. So I'm, I'm going to do this one and it'll be short and it's different because it's, you know, it's, it, we haven't really done all musical, no vocals or anything like that, uh, that I know of. Right. Uh, and so I thought this would be a cool one to to look at. Um, and there is some parts that people don't think of, you know, like that very beginning is really just setting you up for like, it's it's the classic kind of like Hitchcockian horror sounds in the very beginning. Which I'm sure exactly what they were looking for. Yeah. You know, that kind of like pulsating, building up and then going back down. And it just like, it just kind of like gets you in that, mode of like okay this is creepy that's what this song does but the most interesting thing the part that everybody knows there's a lot of crescendos in it but the part that everyone knows is this part yeah do 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 and i made a note in that podcast actually that this is actually a pretty normal melody if you know the song heathens by 21 pilots all my friends are heathens take it slow that's the same melody okay all right um but what makes this super creepy is something called dissonance so this song is in and we're going to get a little musical here this song is in the key of e major okay. uh, which means that in if you're playing in the key of e major you can play any note within that scale and it will fit in it'll sound good with that scale so that scale is e f sharp g sharp a b c sharp and d sharp you can play any of those notes and it'll work what they do is every time they do that do 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 at the same time they're playing those notes they're playing a b flat over it and B flat is not in the E major scale. So it causes a dissonance. It sounds like there's something wrong. They're playing a wrong note at the same time they're, they're playing every single other note within the melody. And that what that does is it raises the hair on your skin and it makes yeah, you like yeah. aware like something's wrong. Dissonance. Something's going on. There's a dissonance there. There's, it's not comfortable. It's an uncomfortable so that's, sound. That's the science of the music. Yeah. Exactly, and that's so. Back in the '60s, when they were writing the song for this this show, they knew that, mm -hmm. and enough to like, okay, here's one of the things that's going to work. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's the same reason that like you hear some really low notes. There are some frequencies in horror movies that they play in the audio that you can't even really hear. You don't even realize that you're hearing it because it's so low, but it okay. causes that sense of dread because your your lizard brain is telling you that low sounds equals big scary something yeah, that's gonna hurt me um right? so my, so. is my lizard brain like a werewolf kind of <laughs> but um I had to lighten it up a little there i know kid so. but so i need to hurry this up but um so in a lot of horror movies horror tv shows what you'll get is a lot of these low notes these low dissonant Ooh, yeah, yeah, chords okay, yeah, yeah. that are are kind of building the tension to make you feel scared the thing with the twilight zone is the twilight zone is not a horror show twilight zone is like a like a sci-fi most a lot of times it's a right it's sci-fi horror so there's there's a lot of not just creepy elements or scary elements but it's like it's the weird it's the mystery and the unknown right and right. that's the kind yeah. of stuff that you get from the high notes right so when we're looking at the end of the song here you're getting this you're getting high notes and low notes at the same time but they're not blended in the way that you'd hear in like a classical composition they're very they separated. You're hearing the low notes and you're hearing the high notes and they're playing at the same time. 
right? Yeah. Bam, 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 bam. And at the same time, it's bum, 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 bum. It's at the same time. And Ooh. that dichotomy of the high notes and the low notes at the same time it's without being blended is like that creates that kind of air of mystery and it's got a lot of reverb and, and you just feel like you're like out in space, right? Like you feel like it works so well with that opening imagery of like the star field and being out in space and that then you get the broken windows, which was way yep. louder than it should have been. Yep. <laughs> and that yep. giant eyeball and everything. And it's like, you know, that's just, it, it just yeah, works so well. The imagery that goes it with does. it. If you know, if you know it, like it came back immediately when you, when you had that. Yeah. So again, this is not, it's not anything, you know, I, I need to cut mine super short, but um, it's not anything that's like overly in depth. There's not too much to talk about, but I think the stuff that you can talk about with this is really super cool. And yeah. I think the impact that the Twilight Zone has had on film and and music is just really, really cool. Right. And, 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 and it's I, super know, spooky. I know there are some specific um, episodes that we already talked about that was, was terrifying. The, the mm-hmm. William Shatner one in the movie right yeah 30,000 30, no that was an episode too was it yeah that was an episode that I, thought, I remember that one specifically because whenever I was on the plane I was like is someone gonna I like, thought that was both? just in the movie <clears throat> no it was an episode oh I remember that and you know how to serve rip, man was my favorite ripping up the uh the the, the part of the plane on the, yeah, they, on the, the wing, wing of the airplane yeah yeah and then when they ended it the, that that part of the wing was was bent up and stuff it's like oh my god but yeah. the image of you know when you open up your 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 screen on on the uh, airplane window and that face is right there. Like I I didn't sleep for. for There's something terrifying about that. Like I remember I I've talked about this before. The most traumatizing film for me growing up ever was Salem's Lot, with the kid at the window scratching at the window. And Second floor. <laughs> I, I still can't watch that move that part of that movie. Like it that that is like the one thing. Like I love scary movies. That is the only thing that has ever like truly scared me. Like for really? good. And that was on the second floor, too. Yeah, he's floating out outside the window. It's terrifying. And then... Horrifying. Um, And there there was another episode in Twilight Zone that was um, Dennis Hopper, who was, you know, famous star and a lot of different things and everything else, but he was um, like the next Hitler. And it was was very driven by, you know, anti-war, after after the war and anti-Hitler stuff and anti-Nazi stuff and how, you know, how it could happen in this country and, you know... Never yeah, there was a lot of out. social commentary Terry, yeah, in Twilight Zone yeah. too. Yeah, um, and I remember that one was was very powerful too. And the thing is that that a lot of people kind of even and I don't even know if you know this. A lot of people forget is that was only the '60s. Right. It was only in the '60s. So you know, here I am. I'm growing up in the '60s. Um, I was born in '57. So my best friend Joe Andrews and I every Friday night grab a little ice cream and we would watch horror movies on Friday nights including this stuff. And mm-hmm. it was like Friday Night Features or something like that that came out at nine and, and then from eight to nine was was um, with this kind of stuff, whatever. And then in the 70s, Rod Serling went from, because that, that ended. Right. Twilight Zone ended. But in the 70s, he went to Night Gallery. Yeah. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Night Gallery was same kind of concept, but, you know, it starts off with him in, in inside an art gallery and telling stories and just as creepy stories, but a little more contemporary. Mm-hmm. And updated. Uh, I remember, I think it was, well, maybe this was uh, Twilight Zone, maybe it wasn't like Kelly, but Billy Mummy, who was, you know, kind of a child actor at the time, you know, talking to his his aunt or his grandmother who dies. Mm-hmm. And he's in the other room still talking to her and she's on the other line. Well, she's been dead for like 
a month and he mm-hmm. still talks to his this and it's creepy stuff like that that was so surprising yeah but night gallery kind of continued it and, and went on from that didn't have the same kind of impact with the, the musical and, and and everything else but uh it was still a very very scary thing yeah. and then it was the, the, I mean, it was the, it, it was a big thing at the time when there was like all these offshoots of these really creepy things. And I think a lot of it was all driven from Hitchcock, you know, back yeah, in oh, yeah. the day, you know. Um, I think that's where initially the Twilight Zone stuff kind of came from. But yeah, yeah. scary Yeah, stuff. it's just become Ooh. so iconic. And I think because of what it was used for, it even has more of a creep factor. I think if someone had just written the song, like, I'm going to make this creepy song. It's like, yeah, that's kind of weird. But, you know, but, whatever. But the imagery but, with it, you think? because it's associated with that show which yeah. scared so many people and just has such a lasting impact. Like it's so iconic. Amazing. His show can have that kind of long lasting I know. kind of connection and impact on people. I know. It's crazy. You know, which, which I'm sure they never really expected at the time either. Right. You know? Yeah. But I guess right. feel less. Well, that's all I have. I mean, is there anything else that you want to say about that? I got to kind of wrap it up. But yeah. Uh, except I was looking forward to the, to the baseline and golden earrings, twilight zone. I know. It's, oh, yeah. it's great. That is a great song. Go listen to that song. Yeah. That's a, right. a, not, a, not probably not a very well-known song anymore. So go listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that might've been a nice surprise. So. All right. Well, well do, remember we'll to, do that song someday. remember to check out pantheonpodcast.com for more music related podcasts. Find us on social media, join the group. We're going to be sharing some spooky music until uh, the end of Halloween. And uh i guess that's everything follow all the links in the show notes stay hydrated stay spooky don't be a dick talk to you next time happy halloween everyone see you folks see you adios It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.